Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Millennial Dad, where I, Adrian Trotter, CEO of Trotter Media, go into the fears and fun of raising children in 2018. Today's episode is non-explicit, which means there will be no cursing or profanity on this episode, and we will dive in tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, listener. It's currently 11.06, March 4th. Official due date of Avner, just for as an update, is supposed to be March 18th. Now, if my wife is ready a little earlier, the plan is to induce her the, the a whole 39 weeks earlier. Well, wait, one week earlier, but in 39 weeks. <laughs> and we the reason why is because Jacksonville is about an hour and 10 minutes away from where we currently live here in Daytona Beach. So to avoid her just having Avner on the road, we are preparing as much as possible. So I could have Avner next week on Monday, the 12th. So that'd be interesting. <laughs> well, last episode I talked about nostalgia. And then before I really dive into nostalgia this time, I wanted to tell you that the Trotters have a pretty big March presence here. Out of the um, children in our family, nine, or out of the nine people, I should say, my father, he's um, born March 13th, 1966. My sister Katie, born March 10th. Then my brother Paul, who was born March 23rd. Now, Liliana, who is my, like I said, the daughter who adopted me, she's born March 23rd, too, 20, 2011. Crazy, huh? Another March Trotter baby. That's That just hits me, you know? It's just pretty, pretty gosh darn cool. <laughs> so... This episode, we'll talk a little bit more about um, the nostalgia from last episode. Remember, we talked about beepers and or pagers and the internet first existing and my first video game onto the next one and how technology has really been implanted in me in being at a, a young age. That's really what uh, it was all just mostly entertainment for me. It had no practical use for my parents other than a cell phone to call, like, your landline, right? But other than that, there was none. There was a lot of games in the, the 90s as well, like Light Bright was a big one. I remember having a Light Bright station in, the, uh, in my kindergarten, one of the stations you had, along with a giant uh, house set for playing house. Play-Doh. I, I don't really see kids playing with Play-Doh that much anymore. Speaking of 
toys and playing with. There was, uh, I spoke last time about the LOL dolls, so I'm going to be talking about Liliana next tomorrow and her coming back home to us. And I'm going to film her reaction of opening up the uh, LOL doll. I kind of want to start building up her channel and having her kind of get encouraged about imagination and what little kid doesn't want to be on television, you know. I think also another thing, too, is that most people like to be seen on TV, and YouTube gives that privilege, that ability. Just people don't know that you can use it. Currently on YouTube for my um, company, Trotter Media, I'm giving tips, free Facebook tips for businesses this whole month of March. That's what I'm doing directly after this. So um, that's if you watch out for that, you can kind of see me explain how to use social media to the populace. See if it's uh, worth your time. Especially if you have a business, I think it would be beneficial to kind of see. Everyone kind of says they're a social media whiz, but sometimes there's simple things overlooked. Anyways, getting back to nostalgia, right? We, I'm born in 1989, as you probably already know from just listening to the episodes. And when I looked up like the millennial, right? The, the actual term millennial, it's really capturing people that were born like mid to late 80s on up to 2000s like cutoff but it's like anyone that has had technology be an integral part of your life or some something of that nature there was a loose definition online that I looked up yesterday that I don't really remember that I could look up but the point of that is that we had technology the entire time we had technology we had technology in this regard is we had tv shows like the in the advent of the the tivo where you can record tvs came in my lifetime before what would happen was oh my goodness let me let me actually really slow down on this part because i remember waiting for TV shows to come on at a specific time of day, like right after school, in elementary school, we would run home to watch a certain TV show. For example, Dragon Ball Z. When Dragon Ball Z first hit Cartoon Network, I didn't know what anime was, right? Like anime was a foreign thing to me, and there was a... a a program when Toonami first came out, I think that's what it was called, Toonami. I think I might have been five or maybe six years old. Again, same time frame I got the Nintendo 64. My dad, like, w what he did, the first time I ever had a TV in my room was when Paul and I were, like, maybe four or five. But it was, like, the big blocky TV. And we would pretend, we, th this is a big like huge word back nowadays because I don't really see too many kids pretending. I mean, they do, but I don't see it too much. But we pretended to be Batman and Robin. 
So you know there's these hats back in the day, that the trucker hats, that actually had the flap that was in the inside. If you put it on, it was like mesh. You could take it out. So I took that mesh hat portion of the hat down as my mask, had this hat on, took a, um, of my little blanket and tied it around my uh, neck as a cape of sorts, helped Paul do the same, and we would run around being Batman and Robin. And uh, we'd sit there and watch the news for a second, and I would say, Robin, it's time to fight crime, or something like that. And we would just run around and pretend to, like, spy on, like, the dog or cat or something. <laughs> that was our, uh, that was our imagination at work. Also, um, so, okay, so there's a TV in our room, right? Then... As Toonami came out, what Toonami was was a particular segment of Cartoon Network for like the advent, the new adventures of Johnny Quest and the new Johnny Quest, and it was like a different kind of art. And my dad was like, "Oh yeah, Johnny Quest." He was my dad's like sitting there exciting me about when Johnny Quest would come on. Also, like the Justice League and the Super Friends. Well, they were called Super Friends really, and then the Legion of Doom. Those kind of cartoons is what we, that still kind of were, are on Boomerang now, but that's kind of the, my dad introducing us to what he watched. So the introduction to anime, like I saw my dad watching an old, old, old show called Speed Racer. And in this show, the, the words didn't really match the animations. The dubbing of the English dub was so bad, but it was made the, the show so good. And at that time, growing up, my dad really just showed me and he said, this is anime. And I said, anime is like Japanese animation. So when I saw Dragon Ball Z come on for the first time, he would say, oh, this is anime. And so when I sat down and watched that at like maybe five, six, seven years old, it was intriguing to me. It was so awesome, so great to see Dragon Ball Z. Now, let's go a little bit, and let me check my time here. Let's go a little bit just one year ahead of 1997 introduction to anime. Now, Dragon Ball Z had a little bit of violence, and... If I am reminiscing correctly, when I was, uh, my dad worked nights, my mom worked days, and, you know, I'm growing up, so my Aunt Pat, who, I say, let me stop, let me slow down. Today is Sunday, right? I went to Bible school today. I go to the Pasadena Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research, long name I know, in Holly Hill. Now, that, why it's called the Pasadena Institute is because they came from Pasadena, California, this whole school. I was a part of the class as a little one, one and a half year old, well, you know, I was born there, or not in there, but, you know, Huntington Memorial Hospital, remember the last episode. Anyways, they moved, and so when as I'm growing up and going to classes with my mom and dad, they are referring to the members as, this is your Aunt Denise, this is your Uncle Donald, this is 
you know, so they, we, I was taught really that family is not just limited to blood, but also has a spiritual nature to it. And maybe one of these episodes I'll go into a little bit about the beliefs that I have. And yes, I am a believer of a creator and this universe being designed and created, but we'll go more into that. I know I'll probably lose a couple atheists here and there, but that's okay because I'm not trying to convince or tell you my belief or, or force it down your throat. I'm just, like I said, leaving a documentary type show for my children. All right. So anyways, getting back, Aunt Pat would watch us, right? So I would be going to my Aunt Pat's house and there is so many stories in regards to Aunt Pat's house. She was like the babysitter. She had her, um, she went to, got her license to do like a daycare and we would be, you know, kind I felt at that time like left and abandoned that daycare. But she really taught me principles of being a man that I am today. She was allowed to give me a spanking. And that's one thing I see um, like gone in this day and age is about discipline for children. Like it's not about like beating them or anything. But because there has not really been correction at all of any sort, that's kind of where I see a lot of the mental health coming in and and all of the the problems that we have in this world is because our children weren't shown what's right and what's wrong anyways um so she would watch us and and things of that nature and so just one year after 97 98 came out right and now I'm I already I have already talked about like the video game aspect, but the social aspect was I just went from kindergarten and I was so sad at my kindergarten graduation because I wouldn't be able to see my first grade teacher, Mrs. Harper anymore at Orlando or Tona elementary at all. I was so devastated. Mr. Smith was the principal and that was, I think his last year going to be there. I was like crying and snotting and, Oh man, it was horrible. the The worst experience I had in in kindergarten actually was on the playground. This is what I remember: is I was running and chasing like these two girls. Like, go figure, right? And uh, they, I was running, and there used to be this bridge just in the middle of the uh, the playground. And this bridge was just in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, I run across the bridge chasing these girls, and then they run back towards me, like, as if, like, they're running from somebody else. I turn as they both, like, pass me on my, one on my left, one on my right, and then as I turn back, a giant rock just is coming straight for me and hits me in the head. I still have the scar on my uh, forehead, on the left side of my forehead, but that is where the rock hit me, and I was screaming. There was blood all over my hands. All the whole playground stopped and ran towards me. And uh, we had these things called mats. If you remember mats growing up for nap time, you had to bring your own mat and like lay down and go to sleep. Well, at that moment when I got hit, oh man, I 
just laid on the mat basically for the rest of the day. But anyways, um, this is the official half of the episode. So what I'm going to do is just finish up my reminiscence of, of growing up with being a millennial ninth, uh, or when I'm eight years old in 1998. And I'll catch you guys very, very soon. Hey guys, and welcome to the second half of this episode. So as promised, I'm going to be going into what happened in 1998 when it comes to uh, technology, but I want to prep this by talking about um, a bit of technology that a lot of people don't really remember, that I don't know if uh, had got lost in the, the memories of people, but there was a thing that came out when I was about six or seven, same time frame, 96, 97, called the Sega Channel. And what the Sega Channel was, wasn't technically a channel, it was something that the cable provider of that time got you to have a subscription for, and it was a cartridge that kind of curled up to have like a giant brain, if you will, and in that brain you'd plug in on the side of it the uh, cable, like aux jack, cable cord, whatever it's called right now, I don't can't think of the name, but it would connect there, go to the wall, connect to the cable, and you would get 50 Sega Genesis games that were different a month with different categories. That introduced me to games that were beyond the Sega 6-pack. It was just a huge value. I mean, I don't know how much it cost because I was only a child, but wow, just, just when it hit me with the Sega channel, it was just crazy. That's also a part of the excitement in the drive we had to get home from school. Yeah, we would learn and we would do our thing, but as a kid, I just couldn't wait to go home and play in the Sega 6-pack and my new Sega um, channel. This was also, remember, in tandem with the Nintendo 64. So I digress a bit, but um, this is going to introduce some social aspects of um, kindergarten and first grade. I met my very first what I consider best friend in elementary school. His name was Riley Henry. And the story that goes behind him was uh, we were, I was sitting in, in sitting in lunch line. And at that time, the thing that really um, you were encouraged to do was read books. And the Goosebumps series came out. And the cool thing about Goosebumps was that the front cover, if it was paperback, it would have the art on on it and the art would come in different designs like either holographic or or maybe it was bumpy um, it would like be raised a little bit from the uh, front cover and my very first book from the Goosebumps series was called the Cuckoo Clock of Doom and that's what I was reading I remember at that time sitting in there in the lunch line waiting for Mrs. Harper to come get, no, Mrs., ooh, I don't remember my first grade teacher right now, but um, waiting for my first grade teacher to come by, and Riley was actually in another class at that time, and he uh, he walks by, and someone goes, hey, Riley, and starts talking to him, 
Now, every morning before school, I would watch this show that was called The Mega Man Show. It was like animated Mega Man. And the reason I started watching it was because of this Sega channel that had introduced me to Mega Man games, which was kind of like Sonic, but like he had a, a he's a blue guy with a with an arm that would shoot, and then he would get the powers of the boss that he beat before, and um, he was like a robot cyborg type guy, like a boy in a robot body. So. It was cool, and the, the reason I bring that up was because his main nemesis was called Dr. Wiley. So through word association or through mishearing, I just stop and go, you're Dr. Wiley. And he laughs and says, Mega Man. And so we start talking, and I didn't know there was, I really didn't talk too much with all these other kids, you know, about video games or anything. It was kind of mostly about, like, you know, maybe someone was riding a skateboard or talked about that at school or, you know, it was really mostly about learning, really. But that was my first, like, memorable interaction with my friend Riley, who turned out to be my best friend in that 98. I went to um, second grade. And when in second grade, Riley and I shared a, a class together and I was invited to his eighth birthday. Now, in that time, Star Wars was having a comeback. Episode 1 was just coming out, and Riley kind of looked like a young Anakin Skywalker, so he would say, hey, this movie's about me, look at me, I'm going to be on when we see the commercials. And uh, every time at 7 o'clock, remember, there is no TiVo or recording, my mom would watch Entertainment Tonight. You know, So I would see like them prepping for the you know, the new Star Wars movie, and Riley had his birthday party at the Bicentennial Park in Ormond, I believe, and his mother, Dina, um, was there, and when we were invited, Riley got for his birthday this thing that would change my life's perspective with technology forever. He, he opens up a gift, and I don't remember what we got him, because this gift, like, shocked me at that moment, but uh, I think his birthday is, oh god, he's supposed to be my best friend in July, um, or maybe it's in June. Hold on, I'm going to pause this for a second, and then I'm going to check and see, um, no, I'm not actually going to pause it, I'm going to leave this on. And I'm going to just go ahead and check out when his birthday was on Facebook really quick. <laughs> I love this uh, technological era now. Um, so let me see. Birthday. Friends about. Engaged to Laurel. Oh, no, no, go back. All right, so let's see if he has his birthday, his job experience. Um, anyways, let me just continue on with the story while I'm looking. So here we are with Riley opening up his gift. And it was just 
crazy what he opened up. He gets on Pokemon the blue version for the Game Boy. Now, what is a Game Boy, you might ask? Well, I think Game Boy Color was just coming out at that time, but the Game Boy was a like black had black and white screen like if you could just picture just hold your cell phone for a second the very bottom portion of your cell phone was there's a button and b button then there's the um d-pad goes up going up down left right and in the back of it was cartridges that you would put in for the games like whatever game you wanted to play you would pop in the cartridge and then on the top left you'd click click on the game and it would turn on. Now, it didn't just randomly turn on. You had these things called batteries. Double A batteries that you would plug into to the uh, the back, you know, in opposite ways and then close the back. Well, um, I didn't have a Game Boy, but I knew when um, he would he got that, I was like, what is that? And Pokemon the TV show had just come out. And that's when I would we would watch and go home and we watch Pokemon. We would watch Dragon Ball Z. And remember I talked in the last part of this episode about uh, anime that came out, right? Oh my. So we had all these, uh, these exposures to Japanese type art, technology, because Game Boy's Nintendo came from Japan. And so... I was just like, wow, this is amazing, and the storytelling from Pokemon was just amazing for me. So, anyways, this social interaction with my friend, going to his birthday party, I had my very first um, sleepover, or my my cousin Andre talks about that it's called spending the night if it's uh, if it's boys, not a sleepover. That's for girls. So I had my very first time spending the night at Riley's when Dina, Riley's mom, asks my mom if I could come over and and, uh, spend the night. Remember, oh, oh, there's one thing I forgot. At night, remember, at night there was this thing called WWF, like wrestling that would come on. And I wasn't allowed to watch it at first, but Riley was. So whenever I I spent the night, Riley was allowed, like maybe it was Friday after school. We went and we would watch wrestling. Then we would like practice the moves like do like fighting with each other and and like twisting each other's twisting a leg or like doing the the um, choke slam or something like that. It was just just great. Wrestling was was awesome. It was not very awesome in this regard is that as growing up now, there were things that were, that were introduced that were not for children at that time, but it was just that that was the audience. You know, you you watched Power Rangers, you saw violence on TV all the time, you acted it out. You never really um, hurt anybody, but you used your imagination a lot back then. On the playground, Riley and I would be talking about uh, Star Fox 64 with the Nintendo 64 because we both had one and like I would be Falco he would be Fox and then we would just be running around pretending we were in the um, R wings or whatever they're called and uh, it was just a great time because that's how we, we kind of nicknamed each other we were nerds but we were 
in a little group together. It was just, man, love this nostalgia moments. But anyways, I, it's bothering me that I don't know his birthday by heart, but that shows, I mean, I haven't talked to Riley in a long time. Haven't celebrated his birthday with him. I feel bad talking about this uh, this episode because it kind of reminds me of all the cool moments we had together growing up. And he really was my true best friend. Like, we would talk about all kinds of things together as, like, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. But um, my family, remember, I'm a, fam- a big family and so a part of a big family. So whenever I asked my dad for things, you know, he would say, don't you already got, you know, don't you already got a Sega? Don't you already got Nintendo 64? What is a Game Boy and why should I get that for you? So my birthday rolls around, I think it was 98. And finally I end up getting the, uh, actually, no, I don't think, no, I didn't get the um, Game Boy at that time. I think it was a, maybe 99, right when po- um, Pikachu, um, the Pikachu version came out, yellow version. So there was versions of Pokemon games that came out. There was the red version, which had Charizard on it, on the cartridge and on the box. There was one blue version with Blastoise on it. There was a green version only released in Japan, but um, I would just be walking around school and kids would have it out. Like, teachers weren't taking these things. I just felt like everywhere I saw, I was seeing the Game Boy, and I was always begging my dad, can I get get the Game Boy? I gotta get the Game Boy. And uh, they were like, no, you don't need it, you already have games, blah, blah, blah. And so it was just like something I'd already always seen, and then whenever we would go to like Toys R Us or, or Walmart or something like that, the Pokemon Yellow version was always sold out, right? So the new year started, I think, in 99, and, um, I was like, oh, man, like, everyone had already got the Pikachu version. I was, like, upset. And then um, the birthday dinner came. And the birthday dinner, as I introduced the last uh, part, half of this episode, was um, the was what my Bible school did for all the um, people that had birthdays in a certain month. At the end of the month, they would have, like, a dinner and celebration after a class. So... When I, um, when that happened, you know, I was sitting up in, in line or like kind of in the row that receives gifts and one came from my mom and dad. Now I opened it and normally they give me it on my birthday, right? But I open it and it happens to be in a pouch, Game Boy Color. It was purple, but I don't, I didn't care, but a Game Boy Color in the game next to it was Pokemon Yellow version. I was stoked as a child. I was so happy because at that moment, there were so many children that had it and I just was without. And I loved that this was just something I really loved. I loved Pokemon at that time. What I'm telling you, listener, at the end of this episode was just the moments in which I grew up as a child and the things that excited me. And I'm thinking back then about the joy my parents did, just did everything for me. I look back and see my dad, I don't remember my dad having a lot of fun. Like, I just remember him working his butt off. And then 
delivering us on just simple good things in life. Like, I, yeah, he fed me. Yeah, he hung out with me a little bit. Yeah, he joked on me. But he really understood what we loved, and that that's what he got. Like, that's what he found out. And as I think of Avner about to be born, I think of Liliana. This little LOL doll is my little chance to get into Liliana's life in this regard. Meaning, I can now give her something that I, that's not just a moment of a toy, an LOL doll. But it's a chance to see her facial expressions brighten up, get excited... And her to use her imagination in a world that it seems to be always, everything's done for us. Thank you so much for listening. I'm over time, but thank you so much. And I'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Millennial Dad. I'll catch you tomorrow. And tomorrow's episode, I'm going to go, I'm going to be basically going, doing some more nostalgia feel like this week might be a lot of nostalgia that will lead you up to uh, basically who I am and I'll find out where we'll go from there but thank you so much again for listening if you'd like to follow me and talk to me further you can always go to my twitter account my handle is at drian underscore trotter then if you want to follow me on facebook I'm very open until I mean you want to add me as a friend, Adrian Trotter, go ahead and talk with me. Send me a message. If you don't want to add me as a friend, just follow me or send me a message because I feel like by the time you're reading this, if you are listening to this, um, I might have the friend capped out. Um, But if you want to check out some of the work I do as a CEO of my company in this uh, 2018 entrepreneurship um it's trotter.media and um, i have an instagram at adrianos and that's about it thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode and i will catch you tomorrow